awesome. Mm. Yeah, truly, truly buckshot it is. Mm. Truly buckshot. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gonzo Bible Study. Thank you for joining us today. Yes. I know it's Christmas weekend already. Uh, it's and been we a fast are year. up here amongst the trees. <laughs> um, there again, we, we thank you for tuning in through our through our season. Uh, there again, an appointed place, Amen. An appointed air, yes, and now an appointed event, yes. Um, so we we thank you for tuning in, and we hope this blesses you and your family as we go into. Christmas Day and Christmas Eve tomorrow, and there again, share this with somebody that might need to hear the Christmas story. So, Amen. Pastor Clark, Amen. walk us in. All right. Well, you know, have we have we dared to miss the greatest event in the history of mankind? Do we do we come upon this time each year in the Christmas season and and in the resurrection season in the spring? Do we, do we fail to hook up with the event, the events in, this, in, the, in the mentioning of both of those? And in the day-to-day revelation of God to ourselves through his word and in different things that the Lord just speaks to us, sometimes even just out of nature, do we fail to realize the event that God has for us to be a participant in? Those life-changing Things that sometimes, you know, and we come to this time of the year every year, especially you think about the Advent season at Christmas, and, and so often we get so divested in all the other things, the things, you know, and yep. making sure we got our list checked off. I'm, I mean, we, you know, uh, my wife and I... <laughs> Made, made an unexpected stop last night. We weren't even planning on, but with more preparations so that we can do all that we want to do for our family. And that's all great. It's all fine. But we've got to make sure we don't miss the event. Right. Because what God did in sending his son was the world event for all mankind. That's right. And, and I, want to, I want to take us on this journey today uh, back into the time... When Israel, the, uh, the, the, the kingdoms of Israel and Judah were two, it was the northern and southern kingdoms. And Isaiah the prophet is speaking as God directed him over in the seventh chapter, Isaiah. He's, he's speaking to Ahaz. He's speaking to the leadership, the authority of that day. And he's, he's, God wants him to grab their attention because they're missing the event. They're, they're missing, uh, they were holding out at this time. Uh, at that point, the northern kingdom, uh, Israel, many times it's referred to as Samaria because that was the capital. And, and it had already fallen to the Assyrian onslaught, okay? Yeah. And that was about 7, seven uh, I think it was 723, 732, I may have my numbers turned around there. But at that point, Assyria had swallowed them up. And the prophet is challenging the southern kingdom because they also had fallen into disarray. They were a nation in failure. Yep. And they were a nation who knew better, but yes. weren't doing Let me read. I, I, this, is a, this is a little bit of a lengthy portion, but let me read this, beginning in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 17, because coming into that chapter, uh, coming into that chapter uh, here, and I'm going to be, I'll be coming out of the, uh, the, the New Living Translation on that. Um, I believe it is. I'll double check that in a second. But, 
we have the continued reference to Emmanuel, God with us. He began that over in chapter 7. And, and he is reminding them again, um, spread the wings, spread, the spread of his wings will fill the breadth of your land, O Emmanuel. And we know Emmanuel means God with us. And he talks about this continually. And as he goes into this, to bind up the testimony, verse 16, to seal the law among my disciples. And, and I was incorrect. This is the New King James Version, okay? And he says, I will wait on the Lord. That's chapter 8, verse 17 now. Who hides his face from the house of Jacob. I will hope in him. And when you live in days when it's obvious that the hand of God and his blessing is no longer on a nation. Mm-hmm. Or no longer on a family's life or on an individual's life. And, and you begin to continually ask the question, what's going on here? Yep. Why, why do I feel and sense something is not right? Because, dear friend, that light, that light that God has put into every man. In fact, in the first chapter of John, I was there on Sunday. You know, it's fun to keep referring yeah. back. And we were talking about uh, the illumination of God's love. Yeah. And in that... That it refers back to what's often referred to as the Quaker text, where the old Quakers uh, of long ago, and probably even still today, many of the devout Quakers believe that text refers to the fact that God has put a light in every man, yeah. in every person. Okay, and and I believe to an extent this is our conscience, because I think deep down everyone, unless they've gotten to that point where their conscience is just seared as with a hot iron. That's a latter-day thing, and I believe we're already seeing that. Some people have no conscience anymore. Uh, Their thoughts, as in the days of Noah, were, as Jesus said in his last day's sermon, in Matthew there, he says, it became as in in the days of Noah. And and when you go back into Genesis, it is is everything in their heart that they could come up with of wickedness, that's what they did. That's kind of paraphrasing it there. You know, it's funny, when we look at the divided kingdom, and one of the things you're going to get into in these verses is when he talks about the infestation that's happened to the people, where they've allowed so much darkness to creep into their society, to where he even, in the declaration from the Lord, in the prophecy given by Isaiah, from the Lord to Isaiah, what he's going to share with them, he's like, even as you go to consult with people, they're going to tell you to go ask your local witch. Go ask your local medium. Yeah, that's they're what going he to said. Talk, yeah. He's literally going to get literally, into that. How literally, yeah. What's happened is uh, Israel at this point, they, first of all, it's a house divided. Right. Then in that house, what they've allowed to happen is they've allowed alternate spirits and alternate guides and alternate yes. teachings yes. to infest their home so much that the people are not rallying to the Lord. They're not turning to no. the Lord. And so in this season, when we say how much are we neglecting the day-to-day reception of the revelation of the word, is your household during during this time, in this season, are you allowing too many other spirits? Yeah. You know, just the other night, my wife and yeah. I watched the film, uh, The Man Who Invented Christmas. Yes. Which is yeah. all, all about Charles Dickens writing yeah. a Christmas carol. Very interesting. In a season in which England had gotten so secular and so science-driven that it had, in a lot of ways, it had yeah. neglected the celebration of Christmas and yeah. it had kind of shuffled it off to the side. And, of course, this film's a really interesting take on, on how a, a author struggles with his characters and those type of things. Fascinating film. I recommend it for people. Yeah, sure. Uh, definitely 
you know, for older audiences that are a little more mature, there are some moments in there that are a little heavy. Um, but one of the things that the, one of the things that is evident throughout that film is the fact that his household is in turmoil, both relationally with his father, both with his children, and constantly you have this character that is haunted by a lack of hope, by a lack of a center, true north as it is throughout the film, and he struggles with it repeatedly. And yet, we're, we're, this film tries to per- portray that he is the guy that brings Christmas back to people. That he, he brings joy and hope back to people's lives because of mm-hmm. this book he's writing. How many times are we relying on the dainty fairy tales of the season yeah. to bring hope back into our homes? How, ma- how many yes. parents today are using an elf on a shelf as a way to keep <laughs> your children in line? There you go. And those things. So one of, when we talk about what Isaiah is presenting to here and as, as Pastor Clark continues through this thing, just be mindful of the fact that Israel is so in, inundated and corrupted and placed in this dark place, mainly just because of what they've allowed to enter their home, mainly because they've allowed themselves to become separated from God as their true north. They've, yes. all, they, they've been separated from the truth for so long that they hate their brothers, because that's quite literally, when we say a divided kingdom, yeah. that's their cousins. That's, I mean, that's this right. is family that is feuding, yeah. that has divided a kingdom. So we've allowed the, the family to be separated. And so as Isaiah continues yes. here, uh, it's, just keep that in mind that it's a home that's divided. So this season, as you're talking, if you have a divided home, just know God can reunite. This prophecy that's presented is about reuniting a family. It's about bringing people back together with his son. Go that's, ahead. Yeah, that, I think that's, a, that's an excellent uh, summary of that. And, you know, not only, not only were they struggling with that division, but it was a religion, it was their faith mm-hmm. that had been compromised. Yep. Uh, in fact, there's examples in, earlier, uh, in the earlier chapters and also some of the corresponding prophets that are, are around at the same time, uh, mm-hmm. okay, uh, like Micah, for instance, and others that are, are speaking to different segments of God's people at this same period of time. And it is, it is a nation that is quickly sliding over the side into the abyss, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when he says, like, and that when they say to you, and, and, and in, my, in my thought there, I was saying, this is what the world wants to say. And you tell me if I'm wrong here now, but I don't think so. To those who seek, who, seeking those who are mediums and wizards, mm-hmm. uh, who whisper and, and mutter, should not a people seek after their God? Mm-hmm. Should not a people seek after their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? Uh, to the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Mm-hmm. And you see, this is part of the wonderful thing of, uh, well, to even today, uh, our Jewish uh, friends celebrate the Feast of the Tabernacles. And, it's, and with the menorah and all the light, uh, we celebrate Christmas with much light and decoration because it is a season of light. It is the advent. You know, the only thing, only problem I had with Dickens is, of course, he takes us, he brings us out of the darkness into people reigniting that basic consciousness, right. that basic goodwill that I think God put in all of us, if you will, that light. Yeah. Uh, but if he could have just went further and talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit in people's yeah. lives by the advent of Christ during the season. But anyway, uh, I agree with Robert's assessment, though. It is good and, uh, and, 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 and an enjoyable experience. 
But he, he goes on to say the people who walk in chapter 9, verse 2, uh, I've kind of hopped and skipped over into here. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. And he's not only talking about the hope that was still available at that time, but we know he's also getting into messianic prophecy here, mm -hmm. as he does on about 25 different occasions throughout the book of Isaiah. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of that having to do with the first coming. And, and, of course, you and I looking back, we, us looking back, we know there's two advents to be considered. The prophet coming, going that way is talking about the coming of the Lord. He sees one advent, okay? And he sees that being a consistent thing. That's why sometimes when we read a, a book that's so full of prophecy like Isaiah, mm -hmm. uh, we, we have a hard time grabbing a hold of the fact. Because Isaiah's thinking once the Lord comes and reveals himself, it's a done deal. Right. But you and I know it's not, that's not going to happen. Right. Even coming as the Christ child, the Messiah, and we're going to go there. But just before we go over to Luke's, you know, this is how it happened, and Luke tells us that. Uh, thank you, Dr. Luke. But he says then in verse 6 of that ninth chapter, mm -hmm. that verse that, you know, you're just not around at Christmas if you haven't heard this verse. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Right. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and upon the throne of David over his kingdom to order it and establish it yeah. with judgment and justice from that time forward, mm -hmm. even forever. Now, the prophet tells us that and the advent of the king. Why are we calling this the event? Why, why do we understand this to be the event? Right. Well, there's a lot of things. If you, if, you, if you start Googling around and all that, there's a lot of things going to be referred to as great events right. and all of that. You know, if you listen to different celebrities, they, they just, with self-determination and so forth, they come up with this event, that event. Uh, I was reminded seeing a, an older, an older um, uh, actor that was doing that's doing commercials now. That uh, according to him, we would have already gone through a cataclysmic event. Right. And of course, I was around over ten years ago when he made this prophecy. His prophecy did not come true. And, and if you go to over in the 18th chapter of Deuteronomy, all that, then that, that disqualifies him. Okay. <laughs> Nonetheless, the world has not come to a cataclysmic end uh, because of all the things that. Uh, anyway, nonetheless. The, well, everything that the prophets have foretold of the Christ mm -hmm. is coming true. And then we see it from our advantage point, looking back in time and realize in the first event, this is true. But then things that he's telling us here will also include the second and beyond. That's right. Okay, the second and beyond. One quick example, and I promise we'll go to Luke chapter 2. But in, his, in this, and he said, in that and forever... That throne that would be established. Right. And, if I, and if I take you over here on this little journey of ours today into Revelation 15. Okay. In the seventh, in the opening, or the seventh angel speaks. No, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's, a, it's, it's Revelation 11, 15. Okay. Chapter 11 in Revelation, if you're, if, you're, if you're following along with us. And the seventh angel sounded, and there was a loud voice in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become... 
the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ. Okay, the Christos, the anointed one. In other words, the Hebrew version, the Messiah. And he will reign forever and ever. And, and it goes on to say, and the, and the 24 elders sitting upon the thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped him, giving thanks to God. And it goes on. So you see, the prophet is not only prophesying of the first coming, but he's prophesying of things that go beyond what we understand to be the second advent of the Savior. Now, did your, did your translation do us any better Mine's on that? Not the same. Okay, okay, because I was reading from the NASB there. Sometimes different versions give you a little more clarity. But let's see, what you, the event, we talk about the event, you go to Luke chapter 2. Uh, we'll let Robert do us the honors. I, I don't mean to be jabbering on here. I'm kind of <laughs> excited about this because this is really, <clears throat> we've talked about so many things in relation to this for Christmas. Right. And I know we've taken you on, on, on quite a journey, Old and New Testament, in doing so. But dear friend, if you'll note those scriptures down, if you'll study those things, I believe you will find some wonderful spiritual treats there. That will feed your soul. Okay, go ahead. In those days, a decree went forth from Caesar, Augustus, that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quinerus was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the family line of David to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him, and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in a tightly in a cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Okay. And this is just the beginning. We're, we're gonna we'll carry on with some of this, mm -hmm. but this is you know when we talk about the 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 first advent, mm -hmm. this was the actual birthing. You know Matthew, Matthew coming from Joseph's um, side of the story, and of course Doctor Luke presents in Luke. We have Mary's side of the story. Right. So all that's in completion, in, in complete. Uh, it is complete rather, uh, completely presented to us from both sides of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, of course, there, it is important, especially to the Hebrew reader, and you have to understand Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you got four different perspectives of the gospel. Right. The gospel, which is the life, the living of Christ Jesus and all that he said and did. And so Matthew, in particular, takes us to the emphasis that will speak to the Hebrew mind and speak to the Jewish people. And, of course, that's where you have the lengthy um, genealogy and all of that. We've talked a little bit about that. You, you might recall Robert was talking about all them generations there. And, and that was important to the Hebrew, to know who your daddy is right. <laughs> and, uh, and who your grandpa was and all that. Important to know your lineage. And, listen, that's not a bad idea today either. You need to know who you are. And you need to know where to improve on and where to move out from. And... Uh, and, and just like the scripture says, and beware of removing the old markers and the old boundary, boundaries, etc. Uh, if you lose touch with those things, dear friend, you may turn around someday and realize you are lost. 
in a worldly sense, much less a spiritual sense. Uh, but here, Joseph, or Dr. Luke, presents to us what Joseph did. Uh, mm-hmm. Joseph's told in Matthew, in Luke, we see Joseph doing. Right. And, of course, Mary right there with him. And the birth of the child in the city of David, uh, that smallest among the villages, Bethlehem, mm-hmm. but was also the place of the birth of the king, David, the yes. great king. And, and so uh, in this, the birth, the event, advent of Jesus into the world uh, is, is, and as we see it here, it is a terrestrial event. And as we'll carry this on a little bit later, uh, we talk about the, the coming of the Magi and all. Mm-hmm. It is an, a celestial event. Yes. So when we call this an event, we're talking about an event here. Yeah. You know, uh, people say, oh, man, uh, the fireworks. Now, listen, God put a star, a star that would grab the attention of some of the, some of the most brilliant people of that day. And bring them, literally bring them uh, to the Christ child. And, and in that bringing provision, well, I, I won't get ahead of myself. Better not do that. Better not do that. But you see, Jesus did not remain that child. The, the important thing is, and I, I love the nativities, and, and if you'll refer back a couple, uh, I don't remember the exact date of that there, right there in early December uh, when, when my wife, Jackie, was sharing with you uh, her, some of her collection of nativities, we love to go there, and, and I do. And I, and I think, and sometimes during the season when we have some quiet moments, we like to just sit there and ponder on that, just wonder how it really had been, you know? Uh, and those shepherds lumbering up there, you know, and, of course, some of the sheep following along, all of that you can just well imagine. And, uh, and, and hats off to those churches and even some families and all who recreate this, sometimes even in their own homes and yards, recreate that moment. And, and many times out here in the country where we are, uh, with, light, with, the, with the animals themselves and all that too, and hats off to you because it helps to take us back right. to the greatest event. Well, let's just go ahead and read that. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping sure. watch at night over their flock. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will Amen. be for all people. Yes. Because today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah. He is the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly there were a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to the people he favors. (laughs) When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they hurried off, and they found both Mary and Joseph, and the baby was there, lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary was treasuring up, uh, excuse me, yeah, but Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. 
Absolutely. You see, when the angels came and prophesied to these shepherds, when they appeared to them, the first thing they had to do was say, first of all, don't be afraid. Right. Don't, you know, because yeah. there again, this is, this is in a day and age where there wasn't light pollution. No. It went from dark <laughs> to day in the midst of the, amidst these shepherds. And so right. just the illumination factor of it all, if you've ever been, been out in the woods and somebody cuts on a flashlight all of a sudden, it can be startling. Well, they yes. were terrified and startled by this sudden presence of this light. Yes. But this light shone into the darkness. And it shone into the, into the darkness of these shepherds' lives. And it revealed to them a truth that would change the lives of all of humanity forever. So when we say an event, when we say the staging, when we say the appointed heir, all these things came with, as Pastor Clark already said, celestial signs. Yes. But see, God doesn't do a thing and not reveal the truth of something. Right. So what he did was right. is he didn't just let the family experience the birth of God birth of his son, what he did was he went and told the most humble of servants, because you see, that's what shepherds were doing at night out in the fields. They were serving. They were tending to their business. They were about what they were supposed to be about. In the midst of that, God came and told them, this is a gift I have for you. He went to to the men who had to work while the rest of the town was sleeping. He went to them and said, since you are standing guard, since you are about your purpose, here is the truth of the Messiah's birth. He didn't go reveal it to the king's guard. He didn't go reveal it to a king. He went to the men that were just about their business. That's he right. went to the men that were doing what they were Amen. supposed to be doing. And he didn't, he didn't disturb anybody's peace as far as their rest. He didn't rouse people from their beds. No, he sent those that were already awake, that were already, uh, you know, alive and, and, and working as they always did, because these shepherds would have done this every night. So he didn't disturb anybody, but what he did was he brought peace and joy into lives of people who were just doing everyday things. That's right. It was an event where he invited the most, the most humble of servants to the most humble of places to meet the most humble of kings. This is an event all about God's character is just on display through every part of this event. You see how the God who had loved a people and been heartbroken for a people go to him and say, look, here it is, guys. It's happening. And because of this, you know, he wanted to make sure that there was somebody there to worship at the sun. You know, that was his heir. He couldn't let his heir be born and not be acknowledged. It had to be, he had to be acknowledged that very night. And so that's why the shepherds were sent there, I believe. That's, that's a Robertism, but I do believe that God said, look, this, I can't give a gift no, and not have recipients. That's right. That's that, right. Was, that was, you know, and so he sent, he sent people to receive. He that's sent right. people to be there to witness and to praise and glory because that was just it. He, his heavenly host gave these shepherds assurance that it wasn't just a beggar and his wife hiding in a barn giving birth to a kid. He sent these angels to let him know this is something special. This is something different. This is something magnificent. And he sent him there. Yeah, you know? I, it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, God, God is always speaking, and he is always reaching out to us. And as we had seen back through the generations, the prophets of old mm-hmm. had been preparing God's people yep. and speaking God's words. To the, to, the, to the nation when it was all together, all 12 tribes, to, to those great families of the old patriarchs, to coming back this way 
to the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom, even in difficult times, and even though the southern kingdom held out for some time, uh, God was still saying, there's hope. There's hope. And Emmanuel is with, God is with you. God is with you. And if you will, is it not right that a people would seek their God? Why are you turning to all these other alternatives that are dead ends and they're dark ends? They're not places of light. We are thrilled to know that God speaks through light to us and he sends light to us. In Hebrews chapter 1, and, and uh, Robert did a, a little short on this uh, yep. the other week, and, and I think it's already aired, hasn't it? It's already aired. We hope you saw that. Yeah, yeah, good, good. And, and uh, in, the new, in the New American Standard, it goes, God, after, after he spoke so long ago to the fathers in the prophets and in many portions and in many ways, mm-hmm. in these last days. Now, now, the writer of Hebrews is telling us something here. On in the first century A.D., as Christ has lived and died and ascended at the right hand of the Father, he says, in these last days he has spoken to us in his son, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, mm-hmm. spoken to us in his son whom he appointed heir of all things. And yep. we talked about that last week. Through whom also he made the world. The, the New Living Translation says he literally created the universe. Yep. Created the universe. And, um, and he is the radiance of his glory. And the exact representation of his nature. That's talking about the very nature of God. Mm -hmm. And upholds all things by the word of his, God's power. When he had made purification of sins, and this is exactly what the prophetess Anna made the comments to, this this precious old lady who had been a widow Mm -hmm. for 86 years, who tended to those and ministered to people looking for the redemption, the bringing back, into God's graces and righteousness of Israel. Jerusalem is what says there in that second chapter of Luke. And, 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 and you know, Simeon said, I've beheld the glory and the, and the light of God to the Gentiles and to all mankind. And Anna said, here's the redemption. Here's the one who will bring salvation and redemption. That's literally what that is. He made perfection, or excuse me, purification of sins and he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high which means it was done when Jesus said it is finished Mm -hmm. and into your hands father I commend my spirit what Jesus had to do in this world was done and on the morning of the third day the proof of it was in his resurrection from the dead of which Paul will later account to the the hundreds of witnesses to to, to that event you see so if there had not been the first event, there would not have been the other. And we have a great event coming as we know he is that soon coming king. And so it is so, it's so important because in all of this, Robert said it a moment ago, whether we're, whether we're looking at the context of Isaiah to the people of the southern kingdom of that time, they were in the midst of making some poor decisions. They were in the, in the time of failure as a nation. And decline as a people who had lost touch with their God. And yet, God says there is hope. Emmanuel, God is with us. Will you not turn to him? Don't miss the event. That's right. Don't miss the event, you see. And God doesn't want us to miss the event. 
Every Christmas that comes around, you and I have the opportunity to worship him in spirit and truth. That's right. We have the opportunity to join in the great singings, to join in the candlelight ceremonies, to join in the different services that will take place from here into the new year that will remind us of who we are as a people, who God is and what he represented in his coming. Because in these last days, as the writer of Hebrews says, he is speaking to us in his son. That babe did not remain a babe. In verse 40 of Luke chapter 2, it said, and he grew. That child went on to grow in spirit and in grace among men and with God. Yes. And that basically, that's what takes us to the time when John the Baptist says, and here he comes. Right. You know, it really is. And in the meantime, he goes through all, all the struggles that you and I did all through those years. Yep. You know, because we leave him as that 12-year-old in the temple, basically, and then, presumably, once his parents got up with him again, on the way back to Nazareth, right? And so he follows in his father's trade. Right. And, and he proceeds on through those difficult years. And then we'll see him. Is that 30-plus man coming to the Jordan River and calling people to repentance, calling people to light. And, and from that point on, he's going to reveal all that God would have him to reveal. And say all that God would have him say. Don't miss the event. Because it's a life changing event. And it's a renewing event. You know we all should. We all have, need to have those moments of renewal. That's right. All through the year. And Christmas is, a, is not an exception. If anything it should be what we, what we make sure we're included in every year. And yes, go ahead. You, you know, as yeah. we've we've said it before on a couple of the Christmas podcasts, as we've been working through this and work, especially last time when we spoke about the air, um, one of the things we, we would just want to remind you is this event is all about you reconnecting to your father. And you do that mm-hmm. by falling in love with your brother. Because that's Amen. who Jesus is. Jesus came to be away, but he also is the firstborn heir. Right. And we are brothers and sisters by faith. Those of us that choose to be disciples, those of us that choose to, to fall, fall at the, the foot of the cross and realize that our guilt and shame was left on that cross, we don't, we don't fall at the foot of the cross because we think our Savior is still there because mm-hmm. he got off that cross. And when he did, he took captive all, all the things of this world that have any authority over us to condemn us and to c- c- confine us and enslave us. See, we think we, oh, well, it's so hard to, to do this. It's so hard to, you know, go against our nature. It's so hard to do that. No, it's not. If the word of God is at the center of who you are, and if you are staying in praise, you know, Pastor Clark just said, this is a season of praise and worship. We praise him for what he's done. We worship him because of who he is. Yes, yes. You see, we, we often conflate the two, but it's not that. We need to remember, we need to worship Jesus Christ Amen. because who he is, who he, who he chose to be. Because see, as, as a unified part of the Father, he chose to come here. Yes. He chose that cross. Yes. That's part of the reason we have a cross in this episode, visible and stained with blood. And as part of the Christmas season, you know, it's, as a Christian, and Mom and I spoke about this in the episode we did together, every time I see red in the Christmas season, I'm reminded of the price. Amen. That restored me to my father. Praise God. That's it right. It restored me. 
You know, we, we often talk about the, the, and there again, I'm getting onto some stuff we've already talked about. Okay. But we, we talk about the fact that we gain eternal life through faith and belief. Yes. And with the heart man believes and with the mouth one confesses unto salvation. You know, this is all true, but it's all about being reconnected to our Father. It's about a family be, being yes. reunited. That's what Isaiah was telling the people. There is yes. hope of a, of a reuniting with our Father. Mm. All throughout the Old Testament, we see a cycle of a family rebelling against a father. We see the, we see the adolescence of Israel. And we're, we're here as a hum, human race, we often pitch fits and we, we whine and we complain and we blame. And we're still in that adolescence as a species. But our father still loves us and our father says, hey, it's time to grow up. It's time to mature. And the easiest way to do that is love. Yeah, and let me show you how. And he gave us his son. And his son came in the meekest, lowliest of places with the best announcer possible. You want to talk about an introduction. Wow. The event was announced. It was set. It was good. You know, it, there again, it, it's, it's funny. If you, want to, if you want to extrapolate a little bit, even Caesar announced this event because he set forth the decree. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, he called for the event to, to be organized. It got organized. And then God used that to be the best staging of the revelation and realization That's of the right. prophecy that he had set forward. So everything that came to pass made this event the great, one of the greatest events humanity has ever known, will ever know. So experience it this season. Make it part of how you celebrate this Christmas season is sharing the light and love. Those brief verses I read there yes. at the beginning of Luke are so simple. Yes. And they take, yes. and, and with rehearsal, especially if you have a couple times to read through it before you read through it, it takes a matter of moments to read that at a family function. Absolutely. It's just right, right before you go to gift, hold on a minute, kids. Let me read this to you. Yep. Right before a meal, hey, everybody, let me just read this because I want to remind you why we're doing this. That's right. Because, see, whether the Western world wants to admit it or not, the only reason we celebrate Christmas on the scale that we celebrate Christmas is because of a Savior's birth. Yes, that's right. The old traditions that may have been adopted and co-opted by Christianity were dying off yes. when they were resurrected by the Christian world. We do this, we celebrate with lit trees, we celebrate with lights and parties and gift giving because of the nature of a Savior Amen. that came as the ultimate gift Amen. for mankind. The greatest gift, that's right, fantastic. That's the event we're talking about Praise today. Praise God, Praise God. So let that, let that so dwell in your heart, dear friends, and, and may you and your family have a grand and wonderful and blessed Christmas experience. Let it be an advent. Let it be the event uh, in your life, in your family. I, I can't recall if mom talked about our happy birthday Jesus cake. And yeah, we we'll mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. and, and, um, and you know, that's something we've done for years as our kids were growing up. There again, to take the focus back, because at that time, you know, when they, as they grew up, when it, when it came time for birthdays, everybody wanted to make sure they had their cake, yeah. you know, and to eat it too. <laughs> and so at this time, we make sure everybody knows that this cake is a happy birthday Jesus cake. That's right. Because it's his birthday, and we celebrate it, and we sing to it, 
and, and we, we allow the event to touch the lives of the youngest to the eldest. Yep. And that's just another idea that yeah. you may want to pick up and follow on in your family. Well, but, I've, I've told my son, every Christmas party we've gone to, this is one of, of Jesus' parties. Yes. This is one of the there parties celebrating Jesus' birthday. Yeah. Like every single party, like even Wednesday night we had our function at church. I'm like, this is one of Jesus' birthday parties. Yeah. We're going to have several over the coming weeks. Because he is the most important person in our lives. That's right. Because he is an active part of my family. I hope he's an active part of your family. Yes. Let him be. And let the event be your event this season. God bless you. We look forward to sharing more even during as the season progresses. And uh, just know that from our family to yours, uh, we wish you a very merry and a very blessed Christmas. That's right.